Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. Let's do this. On today's episode of the Be Seen Be Love podcast, we meet Jason Azevedo. Now, Jason has his heart in the business development world since the ripe age of 15. You now, he started and grew his company from humble beginnings in a garage and soon grows annual earnings of over $1 million by the age of 15. By 18, Jason was doing millions in the business world with Starbucks, Nike, Disney, Marvel, I love Marvel, Volkswagen, Audi, Lucasfilms, Dodgers, and countless NBA teams. And in 2009, Jason co-founded Advoke, one of the only U.S.-based manufacturers located in Silicon Valley, California. His emphasis on Made in America has been a driving force for many companies that he has co-founded. Jason has worked on many key projects for companies such as Arista Networks, Best Buy, Costco, Disney, EA Games, Intel, Roku, Starbucks, Target, Walmart, and Warner Brothers. So Jason is a serious, serial entrepreneur with an extensive professional track record, and he's here to tell us all about how he does it. So let's welcome Jason to the Be Seen Be Love podcast. Hi, Jason. Hi. Thank you for having me, Christy. I am so glad that you're here. Wow. You have been doing amazing things, more things than I think any kid could have ever done at 14. Jeez, 14, I was still trying to get through, you know, grade <laughs> school or, in the, you know, the next test in, in English or something like that. But you're, you're, you've done a lot. What Share your story. How, how did you become this amazing super kid that turned into a, a superpower adult? So the, my, as I take you kind of through the story of how we ended up where we're at, um, I, I, I got to set the stage. So okay. when we started, I, well, we started the, uh, the company is February of 2007 um, and kind of got it going. We were, had a small t-shirt printing company. And then everyone can remember what happened in late 2007, early 2008, and the markets just go. Mm. And you, we had started in this manufacturing world, and my, my father worked in manufacturing for his whole life, worked graveyard shift in a factory printing boxes for some of the biggest names in the world. That company that he'd been with for 28 years, they ended up laying him off about seven times in a span of about eight years. They changed wow. ownership every couple of months. There was a huge, a huge battle going on and a toxicity between the management and the employees where they're constantly at each other's throats. And they, the, the plant he worked in actually happened to be the most profitable plant of the entire company. Wow. So we're watching all of this and here comes the final layoffs in 2008 where they just decided to shut the plant because of that toxicity between the management and the employees and the clients. It just, it was just a bad situation. 
And here we are starting our little manufacturing company, just printing t-shirts. And we realize it doesn't have to be like this. Mm. The pain of watching someone come home where they're suddenly laid off for something that they didn't do just because there's this toxic environment. And we started to look and realize that this wasn't a one-off situation, that this was happening in lots of plants throughout the United States. And and it simply mathematically did not have to be that way. And actually it was better if you could treat people really well and build these great companies where you're reinvesting constantly in not only equipment and, and the more revenue, but reinvesting in the people and making sure they feel fulfilled. So we go down this path of building a company when every other person's telling us, absolutely not. You guys, it's going to fail. The markets have fallen out. Everything's going to hell. It's just a bad time. But the funny part is, is every person who's saying this to us has never done it before. They're all people. I want to take a quick break to thank all our listeners, contributors, and give a shout out to Mint Wave Radio for promoting our show in Scotland, the UK, and around the globe. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, or if you are an entrepreneur looking to enhance your communication and connection skills as a leader, contact me at bcmbeloved.com forward slash contact. Company right now in our private equity fund is purely based on those er- that early story of, I don't, want to, I don't want anybody to have to see the father go through what the management of those companies was doing. So we just flipped the script and got in there and got all of these, all our employees excited and happy and well taken care of. And what, what happens when you do that is you pick up better clients, you're more innovative, you're, th- everything functions better. And we were at the cutting edge early on with, with, our, uh, with our apparel manufacturer that we were, people would bring us the most complex projects in the, in the country because we were the only ones willing to even try because the whole team operated as a team and we were able to fight harder and stronger together. Wow. You know, what you're saying really, really touched my heart because I'm from Detroit, Michigan, you know, back then, you know, it was the biggest manufacturing place in America, you know, with the motor industry. And a lot of my family members retired. My grandfather retired from Chrysler, both my grandfathers, my father retired from Ford. And that's pretty much what they did. You know, everyone, you know, they, they graduated from high school and they worked at the factory. And to see all of that just go around that same time that you're building your business, uh, it makes me wonder, I mean, who was thinking about the people? Who was thinking about the people? All those pensions gone. People had to leave and come home. I mean, the not having the education, not having a business background, and that's all you know, to be able to come home and have to tell your family, hey, I don't have a job anymore, and there's really nothing else Hi, this is Chrissy Love of BCMB Love, and I'd like to invite you to tune in to my show that's being aired on winwinwomen.tv every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 7 p.m. UK Time to get public speaking tactics that can be used to increase your communication skills in a way that will up-level your career and your life. And manufacturing business is not just produce, 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 but it's the people. 
is the people. And if you care for the people and you work together with the people, then you can create systems and solutions that's going to sustain a company. And that's what you did. You did the absolute opposite of what you saw. Well, it's so first off, your story is not. Unfortunately, I hear it too, too much and not, but the even more unfortunate part is people have just come to believe it and that this is the way it has to happen in the manufacturing space. And it's not, Mm. it's, if you look the, the factories of today are not your Charles Dickens, dirt floors, tiny Tim's going home to eat a piece of Turkey. They can't afford. That's not the case anymore. Mm. these are these are places that are special it's one of the only industries in the world somebody can walk in get on the job training with no education no sometimes not even a gd they're they're just walking in and if they work and they have they have good management that will work with them and mentor and bring them up that person can leave making significantly higher than six figures and the work is not grueling anymore it's, it doesn't have to be. So you, with the introduction of automation and new tech, these are really good, solid jobs. So we've got a goal 50 years ago, a mother would turn to her son and go, I want you to get a factory job. It's good. It's well-paying. It's going to take care of you. Like, like your family's story right. of, Hey, we, we, we retired there. That was a good place for us. Then for about 20 years there, in the last 20, 25 years, the tone's changed. Parents are saying, don't get into that industry. It's, it's rough on your body. It's harsh. Well, the, that's because the technology and the, the processes and the systems and the way that employees were treated hadn't caught up yet. And now it has. We're going, and we, um, with the private equity fund, we buy legacy U.S. manufacturers, usually second, third generation companies, we are, they've got tons of upward growth opportunity already in place. The owners usually want to retire, don't really have a necessary exit plan yet. But what's really, really important to them and what's important to us, and this is why we align so well to buy these companies, they are incredibly significant to their local communities. And oftentimes the old, the, the seller's name is on the side of the building. Now we're, we're looking at one right now the company more employs more people than the population of the town that it's in. So just think of how important that is to that community. And unfortunately, a lot of times when these companies get bought, people will go strip mine 15, 20 of them, move them all to one central plant that's super cheap. And then the, uh, you lose all that community involvement. You lose all of, the, all of that outlying legacy that you, that you bought. And now you've destroyed a community. And then funny, the same people who've now taken 15 plants, put them all in the same area are going, I can't find workers. Well, that's because you took 15 plants and put them in one area. You leave it in that local community and you'll have lifetime employees. Absolutely. And that's what uh, I guess the mainstream market is telling us now is that that's what happens, that people come take over a company, strip everything away, um, there's no more history and then start fresh, you know, cutting costs and cutting salaries and things like that. But it sounds like your, your business is a lot different. You don't do it that. Is, it is very different. So we, we are, we leave the companies in their local community. We grow them with the, the opportunities that are there, but we do also network them with the rest of our portfolio. 
So they get that national presence, they get all that up, upside, but it stays in the local community. And to take that even a step further, our liquidation event for, for the fund, at about year five to seven, we are transferring 100% of the ownership to the employees through an ESOP. So now the decision-making power and the ownership of that organization is bolted into that local community. And I've, I've sat down with plenty of people. They've, oh, this is, this is crazy, it's not work. And they sit and they start running the numbers and they're like, oh my God, this works. This is good. This is you actually have the ability to do this and still hit as good, if not better, returns than you normally would in the the textbook way of of running this. We're like, yes, because you just it's a different period in time, and I hear this from other manufacturers all the time. I, I talk to them and go, "What what business are you in?" And they'll be like, "I'm in sheet metal. I'm in plastic." Are you really? Because. Uh, what everyone complains about in the manufacturing industry is labor. The people. So it, yeah. So you, you're in the people business. The people Your business. people might make sheet metal, but mm-hmm. if you don't understand the business you're actually in, which is labor and people, mm-hmm. that is the important part here. And when we f- flip that script, all of a sudden we're getting all this extra pr- production. People are happier. They leave the company fulfilled. And everyone's like, well, how'd you do it? We just focused on the important part here. <laughs> like, nobody is fulfilled with a piece of sheet metal, but a piece of sheet metal that someone made makes them fulfilled. Right. And that's where, that's where a lot of things or people or companies are, have forgotten is the people. You know, you have to make sure that your people have everything that you need because they have lives outside of that job. They have families, right? They, they need to sustain their health. All those things are so so important. I know I do executive training for a lot of corporations, and I'll you know teach them on the importance of self care, teach them the importance of doing things outside of the company. But the companies hires me to help their people to be happy, right? <laughs> to find tools and techniques to be happy and, and have joy, and bring that back to the company so they feel you know empowered and motivated to want to do a good job. But you like you said, a lot of people have forgotten about. I see coming back. More recently, I see people, most I mean, companies focusing more on their employees, um, but we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to go. And, and there's something important there. It's not, a, in my view, it's not about focusing on your employees. It's, in, it's about focusing on your community. Is It is drastically more important than just the people in the building. Because if... I can make sure that the people that work for me are fulfilled and their bodies aren't exhausted. I'm going to get more productivity out of them. Okay. That that is a business metric that is going to happen. Right. But what's even more important is when they leave, instead of being so exhausted and and I I've seen this time and time again, anybody who's lived in a manufacturing family has seen this. The, the parent comes home, sits down with their body aching and they're exhausted and they, they just have nothing left and they're either grumpy or they, they don't have, they, they don't have the energy to go out to dinner or they don't have energy to go coach a, a T-ball team. No. Well, now the restaurant tour that was going to feed them dinner just lost the, the kids T-ball team that was going to have a coach. They just lost mm. he, he, the impact of what you're doing is drastically larger than the employees. Oh, absolutely. It's, 
is the surrounding community. And I talked to any company that focuses on the community side and they have, they have enough employees right now because if, if your buddy Joe comes home one day and you're both out having a drink at the bar and you're like, oh, my job sucks. And Joe's like, I actually like mine. Guess what? You're going to go work at Joe's company because it's just that simple. We're, we're all looking for that quality of life. And so we really, and we hammer this with our teams a lot. It isn't about the employees to us. It's about the communities because that's what's going to fulfill them. Well, I commend you on digging deeper and into learning more about the perspective and expanding on this, expanding on what makes a person fulfilled, what makes a community, what makes a city fulfilled. And you're right. I remember my, my father and grandfather, they, they went to work, they came home, they ate dinner, they sat on the couch for about an hour and went to bed, got up and did it again. I did not see them really do anything outside of that every single day. There's no dinners. They didn't go out to dinner. They didn't even go grocery shopping. You know, my grandmother would go grocery shopping. They had tons of kids and didn't spend any time with the kids. Um, none of that. And so it's true. It's true. And I think now um, what you're doing, like I said, is great. And, and I, I hope that people are listening to this and are employing these things and taking this perspective into their own communities because our communities are failing because and that's why we're again, you know, in a, a serious situation here in our economy is because people are not building the communities at all and and they're forgetting about them and, and they're they're forgetting that at the end of the day all we have is community it's whether it's your your family community whether it's your local neighborhood whatever you want to consider it that interaction and that network and that's tied to us is incredibly important and it's the fabric by which everything functions so if as a company you can make very good returns and you can benefit the community. You get the best of both worlds. And guess what? They just feed each other back and forth. That if you look at the top companies in the world, let's take Apple, for instance. Okay. Completely different sector. They're, they're in high tech. Right. They pioneered having the highest quality food in their cafeterias for at cost. Look at Google. Everything's free. We take care of the employees. We want to get you guys fed. We want to get them drink. And everyone says, Oh, the, the other side of that is they keep you there working longer. You know, that is part of it because they're not, you're not as burnt out when, you, when you're in there because you're being taken care of. You're part of the team. So you look at all these leaders in industry, of whatever industry you look at, all of them have found this secret out of take care of your people. Mm. Unfortunately, on the lower middle, middle market, people are still having to learn and, and trying to learn how to do it from a true genuine position because I, I we see a lot of people who are like oh I always threw a barbecue for our people okay that like that's not it's not caring about them that's right, right. That's, I mean it's a it's a step better than nothing but right. like, you got to compound this stuff it needs to be part of who uh, of who your culture within your organization is mm. and understand that it really once you can achieve that, it, it's, you get exponential results. And we happen to be in an industry where it's not famous for doing this. So we're kind of in our own happy land where we can, it's so much easier for us to be better than all of our competitors because 
so few of them are actually doing any effort in this this world. Wow, I love it. And it kind of brings me back to when I lived in California and, and had a lot of friends in the movie industry. And they worked about 20 hours a day, but they were very well taken care of. You know, they had cleaners that would come and clean their clothes. They had caterers that would come and feed them three meals a day. And they loved it. They loved their job. They had so much fun. And they definitely made enough money, you know, back from it, from the work that they did. And they just absolutely loved it. And they were there for many, many years and would never leave because they were very well taken care of. And yeah. like you said, the community as well. So, Jason, can you tell our, our listeners, entrepreneur listeners, what three tips can they start employing in their business right now, right now to start building their employees and their community and really build, building their business? The first and foremost, figure out who your people are. Mm. Understand the community you're in. It just, it, it sounds overly simple, but just try to just talk to the people. I mean, something as simple as, when they say good night and that they're going home, say thank you, not good night, not goodbye. Like the simple thing of thank you for being here. It, it's the, it, these aren't, I mean, every person has their own different style. If you take, we, we've got five general partners and all of us have our different way of communicating with people. So it has to come from a very genuine position, but just start talking to your people. Okay. And if you can't talk to all of them, like we, I have too many employees to talk to every single person every day. Absolutely. But I talk to my team, my, my direct reports, my direct reports talk to theirs. And, and we still go down to anybody in the building. We'll just sit and talk. Um, second one, meals are amazing. Mm. The, the best way I've ever found to get people to relax and feel part of, part of each other is to break bread, but you must have the meal with people. Mm. I, I watch too often people like cater stuff and they cater lunch today, but lunch break is 30 minutes. No, that day extend it. Okay. Like let the conversation flow. Hey, all of the management should not be sitting at the same table guys. Mm. Like mix it up. Go just hang out. That's true. It, it just, yes. like, treat it like a like lunch or dinner with your friends because they should this should be your friends and Not like tell a stories day. joke around yes but that takes time the third one mm -hmm. do not expect it to happen overnight mm, true this is an incredible if your culture is not already there this is an uphill battle because there you have built-in distrust if it everyone when the when the owner or the manager comes down and sits down at the tables everybody goes how's everybody's day going the first time that you do that nobody's going to tell you actually it sucks because that's <laughs> breaking right you got to do this enough time to build rapport just like if you if you went on a first date with somebody and they walked in and we were like Oh yeah. So my, my ex did this and I hate my job. And this, every person would be like, Whoa, <laughs> I am not opening up to you. Right. <laughs> so understand that these are natural connections. Um, and then I'll throw one more. Ask people what sucks about their jobs. I don't see managers ask this nearly enough. 
Um, they'll ask what they like about their jobs, but truly ask them what sucks. And you'll get answers like, ah, you know, I just, I wish I didn't, ha- I wish I could get out at two o'clock instead of two 30 every day. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my son plays uh, football in the afternoons. Oh, um, okay. Like, I'm sure we could figure out a 30 minute adjustment to your schedule. This does, this is not earth shattering. Um, And you can often get a lot of wins with your team with very simple to execute things. Wow. I love that. I love you. I love that. I love you too. I love (laughs) this is, this is absolutely, yeah, this is, this is what's needed. Wow. And for anyone who works for your companies, I'm sure they appreciate all that you do. And I really like the, um, the unison between leadership and the employees, because, you know, when leadership comes down and says anything, you know, people really get defensive and they get shy and they start, you know, hiding and, and have an open um, area of communication with, with all team members, all levels. I mean, that just makes the environment so more, much more welcoming. That makes you really want to be there. It's not like a dictatorship with someone's, you know, pounding, you know, rules down your throat and, and deadlines and things like that, but you actually understand where everyone is coming from because everyone has a different life. And well, so and- I, I, I truly commend what you're doing and, and I thank you so much for giving our listeners some tips, some tips and understand that it's not going to be overnight, but there are some things that we can do right now to start making our people or community happy once we know who they are. And I wanted to know more, um, just really quick, what are your manufacturing um, niches? What your, what's your area of expertise for those actually looking to work for so, you or someone? Yeah, we we do all sorts of manufacturing. Um, everything from sheet metal to control panels for nuclear equipment to injection molding, children's toys, retail displays. The way we look at manufacturing often is like a very good, we consider ourselves very good cooks. If we can get the recipes in from, from engineering, we can, the processes that we use to do the cooking still function. Mm. So that, that's truly how we, we set ourselves apart is we manufacture a significant amount of items in the supply chain so that when our customers pick up their item, it can be as complete as, as they'd like. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. You have a system and the system is simple once you get it all in place. So I understand exactly what you're talking, what you're coming from, because you can work with any company as long as you know, you know, the system, right? Um, And lastly, I want to know what's lighting Jason up these days? What is really lighting your heart? What are you doing? I'm extraordinarily excited with what we're doing at MRCA. Um, I, I know people say it's cliche, that their company is what's exciting them. This has been a core passion of my life um, to see it all coming together at, at the speed it has been the last year has been really entertaining. Um, outside of work, when when those times rarely, rarely come, uh, we've, we just rescued two, uh, two horses and- uh, Horses, not dogs, yeah. not cats, not- yeah, No, no, horses. <laughs> my wife and I just rescued two horses about a month and a half ago. <laughs> And we actually got the clearance for them to be uh, to do light riding on them um, this week. So that'll that, that's definitely our kind of weekend Mother's Day uh, jaunt is going to be uh, just starting breaking the horses a little bit now that they're fully recovered. 
That sounds fun. That's fun. All right. And where can um, our listeners find you? The best place is go to mrca.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go there, there's actually, if, if you're interested in investing in our firm, uh, there is all the information is there. You can, um, but more importantly, if you want more information on investing, on the business, how to work in your business, there is a direct link on there that you can schedule time on my personal calendar or any of the other GPs. We are more than happy to talk. We are very open books about what we're doing and how we, how we do it because we really think there is a huge blueprint here for lots of people to participate. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I pray that your company continues to grow and because there's a lot of, a lot of people in this world now who need you more than ever right now. They need you, they need your companies and they are more than happy to be in an environment that, that cares about them, right? Cares about them, their family and all the things that are surrounding them, their environment. And so I thank you again, Jason, for being on the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast so much. I truly enjoyed you in our conversation. Thank you so much. I had a great time. All right.